Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF Relationships with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am a relationship and communication coach, and I help folks end old relationship patterns like people-pleasing and codependency. I help people set boundaries, communicate their needs, and show up confidently in order to create secure, safe, and solid relationships. It's my absolute favorite thing, and I'm very excited today to announce the name change of the podcast. It was time. I feel like Lit AF. I'm just channeling the vibe, the energy of Lit AF right now. Um, has been around for a while. This is our 129th episode. And I launched it three years ago. And it's morphed and changed the focus of the podcast to the point where I can officially say that really what we've been talking about for quite a while now on this podcast are Lit AF Relationships. So I'm very excited um, to roll that out. And you've probably noticed we've got some new cover art this week. I hope you're enjoying all of it. So welcome. If you're new, those are all my updates. (laughs) If you're returning, thank you for being here. And thank you for coming along for the ride. It's just been amazing. So today I'm going to talk about what secure attachment actually looks like. I'm going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be in a relationship with them. And then I'm going to share about if you are secure, if you have secure attachment and you're in a relationship with an insecurely attached person, just some like tips and tools to make your life just a little smoother in your relationship with them. So before I get into this week's episode, as always, I have my weekly check-in. And today I have a very exciting check-in. So I had a very difficult conversation today. And I wanted to talk about what it felt like here to go through the process of having this difficult conversation. It was just wild. And I cannot... like I just want to start by saying, four years ago, I would have been totally gutted by this relationship... Or sorry, by this discussion, by having a heated discussion with someone. It would have taken the whole day for me to recover maybe even weeks to recover. I think I would have harbored so much resentment about it. And I probably would have tried to to resort to some retaliation, just kind of like thinking about how that person would owe me or that I need to leave the situation, those types of things. So I'm just like, amazed by, and this is a little strange because I'm trying to give myself a lot of credit here, which probably sounds a little strange, but I'm just amazed how I'm showing up today, having difficult conversations, communicating my needs, speaking my truth, not being trying to be codependent and support them and soothe them, but instead support and soothe me in a conversation and be okay with the fact that we're having a difficult conversation. It was interesting. We actually had a third party in the conversation watching us as we were going back and forth. And I would have been just so embarrassed by having a third person there. But honestly, I just felt like this is part of life. Having tough conversations actually is super helpful to get what we need to share communications it's vital. It's super important. And to be able to stay grounded and 
just open while I was having the difficult conversation was like phenom. So like this works (laughs) in case you're like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to have a difficult conversation. You can. You can absolutely do that. You can start to give yourself and train yourself, give yourself the tools, train yourself to step into these difficult conversations and walk away without any sort of reciprocity, not reciprocity, sorry, but without walking away with any sort of resentment and just be like, that needed to happen. And I'm so glad that it did. And like, here's my takeaways. Here's what I'm going to do moving forward. And the best part of it, I have to say, was that at one point, we both just started describing like what we were feeling. And the other person like started to describe their emotions. And um, I think I said, you know, I was feeling heated. And they they were like, well, I'm feeling defeated. And I was like, well, I'm feeling like really hot in my face. I'm feeling very activated. So it was just like being able to say those things actually really helps me to be able to like bring it like from up high here, like I'm pointing at my head, back down into my body and to breathe. and yeah, I'm just really proud of myself for the way that I showed up. And I wanted to celebrate here because I think it's really, really, really important to celebrate having difficult conversations. It's a really common insecure attachment type uh, viewpoint, especially for the dismissive avoidant to think that difficult conversations should never happen or any conflict whatsoever should never happen. And so when it's healthy, when it's two people like really sharing and trying to communicate with each other, that is when it's so healthy. And there's no right... The Gottman Institute, which has done so much research on like partner fightings and how to repair with one another, they continually say like there's no right way to fight. Then actually they've even said like, some couples that like get really into it and get gnarly and like call each other names. I'm not talking about physical abuse. I just mean when they're, when you go, when you cut pretty deep in an argument, some couples that do that actually thrive. They just like tend to fight like that, but they have a good repair system. So I used to just be like, and I still catch myself sometimes with my partner being like, oh, we're fighting. This is, we're not meant to be together. This clearly isn't the right fit. And actually it's like, oh, no, no, we are fighting. We are connecting. It's how we can repair, how quickly we can repair, how we do that repair, which means turning towards each other, honoring what we love about each other, which I had today is like finish the conversation with a little bit of like, here, this is what I love about you. You know, that type of thing. So it was really beautiful. Anyway, thank you for listening um, about my difficult conversation. I really appreciate it. So let's get into the episode. So... I want to close out this four-part series. So this is the fourth part of a fourth-part series where I am talking about the common patterns behind each of the four different attachment types. And all of the information that I'm sharing with you today is from the personal development school. It's really important for me to sort my site, my sources, not source my sites. (laughs) And I am um, a certified integrated attachment coach from the personal development school. It is a phenomenal program. They have a group coaching program. I did it. It's how I healed my attachment style. And I actually have clients that are members of the PDS school that work with me with a one-on-one coaching capacity to do the work from the school. So it's this really cool thing where you get to have unique coaching sessions with me that are customized for your needs based on where you're at 
every single week. But you can also kind of have this broader view of working with a personal development school and their program. So I just want to cite exactly where this information is coming from. And next, I'm just going to talk about common characteristics of the secure attachment type. So they tend to be stable, emotionally balanced. And emotionally balanced means when... That doesn't mean that they don't have emotion. And that doesn't mean that their emotions don't get you know out of whack sometimes. But when they're emotionally balanced, it means that they can have emotion and then they know how to regulate. Which means when you're regulating their emotion, you're getting back to like kind of center, secure, balanced not necessarily still having a ton of emotion. So they're also good at communicating and they have a healthy amount of self-esteem. So that means that when they're like walking into any sort of situation, they don't have a ton of story behind situations that happen. Like if they don't get chosen for something at work, they're not like, oh, that's because I'm bad or, oh, it's because I'm not enough. Instead, they're like, oh, the right person was chosen for the right thing and I'm still good at this other thing. They're not always going to go to that right away, but that is a common like signifier indicator that you have secure attachment. Um, They're comfortable setting boundaries. A lot of the insecure attachment types have an unhealthy relationship with boundaries. I talk about it in the three episodes previous. So you can look at those and um, see it for the different attachment types. But I'll give you a quick overview here. So the anxious preoccupied believes that boundaries are actually getting away in the way of having a close relationship. And um, they can be quite hurt when someone sets boundaries. They view it as distance. And they're not interested at all in setting boundaries. They're like, how can we just be closer to one another? Dismissive avoidance also avoid setting boundaries, but it's less so in um, because they want uh, to prioritize a relationship. They're actually just trying to avoid conflict. So you kind of have to look at like, what is their, what's their intention behind the action? And if it's more like, oh, I just don't want to make waves, that could, that is a more dismissive avoidant pattern. The fearful avoidant, never going to forget you guys ever. I love you. That is the attachment style that I have healed from. The fearful avoidant has an interesting relationship with boundaries. They can run from the anxious side to the dismissive side of fearing boundaries and really going to people-pleasing mode. And then also avoiding setting boundaries to avoid conflict. But they're kind of somewhere in the middle here where they tend to set boundaries from a really reactionary place. They're like, oh, I've been taken advantage of and now I got to set a boundary. (laughs) Rather than, um, you know, like, that's just not okay with me. This is my boundary. I'm going to say it to you. So really good at um, setting boundaries. They have a lot of patience. They're pretty steady, consistent, and accountable. So accountable means that they are willing to take accountability for their own actions, their own culpability is the word that came up, but that's not at all what I'm thinking. But like they're they're willing to take ownership of what they are doing in the relationship. Um, their common needs are, and this is actually really similar to the dismissive avoidant, balance, harmony, peace, connection. It's not that they are like so, so chill. They're like so on their own that they don't need anyone. They actually do appreciate connection. Communication, which is huge, right? They are really good active communication communicators. 
and they resolve problems with healthy solutions. So this is actually a really huge sign of a secure attachment. I remember talking to my friend who um, is engaged to a securely attached person. And I was like, what's it like? Like, tell me everything. This was like years ago when I was still kind of figuring out like, how do you find the different attachment types? And she said that anytime that they were in a fight, that he was very quick to resolve it. And at first that really bugged her because she was like, I'm not ready. Like I'm still, you know, inactivated. Uh, And eventually as she also healed her attachment type, she started to see like, oh, this is actually such a really lovely thing. Like he's always looking for the solution and he's not trying to blow anything over. Like he's not trying to bulldoze through quickly to a solution. He's like, how do we get to the end of this? Consistency. So this means that they're very consistent with their attunement. They're able to show up, be fully present. They're able to you know, have difficult conversations. They're able to kind of give and take. It's a natural give-take, the interdependence of relationships that I'm always talking about. So give-take means sometimes, sometimes you're like supporting someone emotionally, but you know that they're eventually going to support you emotionally. And they're totally fine with that balance that like, I'm going to give this now and I know it, but I'm not counting anything. I'm not doing any math. I just know that eventually you're going to give this back to me. One thing I want to say is that when you're in a relationship with a secure person, if you run insecure, sometimes because they're operating in such a different way, it can actually be really triggering. So sometimes when they're quick to resolve something, you're still like activated, heated, and triggered for some clients. And I really resonate with this. Like emotions don't pass quickly. Emotions come to you and then they just kind of get stuck. I really understand that. And um, I'm still learning how to process, continue like working on processing my feelings, honoring them in the moment, identifying where I'm feeling them in my body, like I was talking about earlier, like my face is really hot, (laughs) those types of things. So it can be a little disarming sometimes too, to all of a sudden have someone show up for you fully and consistently be there, like consistently be attuning to you, consistently be supportive. And that can make some people feel like a burden. Like, oh my God, this person is constantly here for me. You know, I don't know if I'm ever going to be enough for them. So it can kind of bring out those subtle triggers and the beliefs that insecure attachment types hold. So just be mindful of that. And the beauty of any uh, relationship that you're in, and especially as you're starting to get to secure, a secure thing to do to communicate is to share that with your partner and not blame them at all, right? You're not saying like, you're making me feel like this, but instead it's, I feel this way when you are so completely committed and attuned to me. And it's because I feel like I'm a burden to you. I feel like uh, um, this is not, I'm not going to be able to reciprocate this. Like, I feel like I'm never going to be enough for you. And you can share your fears with them in a way where they can say, oh, I am not worried about that. Or I understand that you're feeling that way. How can I support you right now? So it's just like those, again, those are just like things that might come up if you're dating a secure person. I had had one guest on my show, Rachel Besser, who talks about how secure people um, in her mind can be a little boring. And I've, I've always loved that. I loved that she said that quote because they don't necessarily thrive on that same level of baseline chaos that uh, recovering fearful avoidant does. 
And so they can have, you know, they don't necessarily have the same ups and downs and highs and lows that particularly a fearful avoidant would have. So it can be a little confusing sometimes when you are maybe talking with a secure person on an online dating site or meeting them in person. It can come off sometimes to some people as just like not interesting, boring. And and then when you go on a date with someone that's insecure, you might start to get butterflies in your stomach. And, you know, God, like Hollywood has conditioned us to believe that those butterflies in your stomach are like a good thing or like an exciting thing. And they are exciting, but they might also be connected to your entire attachment style being activated rather than your entire attachment style being completely disactivated. Disactivated? That's not a word. Disarmed? Unactivated. Not activated. So it's something to just think about, especially if you're dating, like um, check in with the butterflies because listen, your body recognizes excitement and anxiety in the exact same way. So it's like, which one are those butterflies? Really really get in touch with that, especially if you're dating. And I would encourage you, if you think that you you maybe brush them off pretty quickly because they just weren't that exciting, think about, think again and just be like, are they actually just not for me? Or was that secure attachment and I'm not necessarily used to that? And this might be a growth area for me. Something to think about. I'm not going to tell you who to date, but something to think about as you are moving forward in your um, your dating life. Okay, common behavioral coping mechanisms, conflict resolution and communication, which is exactly where you're headed when you're healing your attachment style. This is one of my favorite things about the attachment system and why I love it so much and why I want to share as much as possible about it with the world is that it's a system that has um, a spectrum. So you've got the anxious, preoccupied, and then the dismissive avoidant on the other sides of the spectrum, and then the fearful avoidant somewhere in the middle, depending on where you kind of line up. And then kind of on the other end is the secure attachment. So it's like you already have... It has a built-in archetype of where you're headed, what what you're striving for. It's called earned secure... Or sorry, earned secure. If you are an insecure attachment type, it's totally possible to change your attachment style and get earned secure. I encourage you to think of it more as a journey rather than a destination because... Um, we can get really perfect. We can just perfectionism really loves to hang out, especially in the insecure attachment types. So, thinking about I have to be secure, you know, and have to exhibit these things can get a little tedious. And I don't want you to focus on that. Instead, I want you to focus on like, did I show up securely in that conversation? Was I communicating? Was I really moving towards conflict resolution? Was I being vulnerable? That's another behavioral coping mechanism of a secure person. They are extremely vulnerable. So they're able to share, this is what's coming up for me, you know, without any story. It's just like, my face is feeling hot right now. I'm feeling defeated. Like just saying straight up how you're feeling can be so powerful. Crying in public can be so powerful. I'm saying that especially to my dismissive avoidance out there. You think that it's not safe to exhibit emotion, but let me tell you, it can actually be super, super powerful. Another behavioral coping mechanism is self-soothing. So they know how to soothe themselves. They're not expecting anyone else to help them soothe. But unlike a dismissive avoidant who's only doing self-soothing, they're also able to allow other people to help them soothe as well. 
Another thing is identifying and actioning needs. So this is a huge part of my work that I work with clients on. But just being able to say like, I have a need for comfort right now. I would love if you could hold my hand. I would love if you um, could spend time with me on Thursday. I'm feeling a little distant from you. Being able to actually just say out loud in close to the moment as possible what you need um, and asking for it. It's just, it's the beauty again of the attachment system is you're learning how to share. You're learning what your needs are. You're learning how to share them. You're learning communication tools to set boundaries, share your needs in a way that is just loving and supporting you and, and helping other people understand how they can meet you. And then the last one is asking for support from others. So I feel like I kind of already touched on that. (laughs) But um, there's no... They don't have a whole lot of story about being a burden if they're asking for support. Okay, core wounds. So this is the interesting part of the secure attachment style. Any core wounds that they have are typically picked up through a very specific circumstance. So personal development school has a wonderful example. I'm going to quote it right here. Failing classes in school. If you're failing your classes in school, you might create a core wound of I'm not good enough. But it's usually particularly in relation to schoolwork or like that can kind of transfer over to work. Another one is feeling excluded at school, meaning I am excluded. So very like kind of one-off core wounds created from very specific circumstances. And it's totally possible to reprogram these beliefs using belief, sorry, subconscious reprogramming to just reprogram your brain to actually believe I am included. I am accepted. I belong. These are all really like easy stories. It only takes 21 days to actually rewrite these subconscious programs. Another one is, another core wound is securely attached individuals will still have core wounds. They'll be less intense and less and less frequent. Whereas an insecure attachment type will have a lot of core wounds. Not a lot of core wounds, but like the core wounds you'll see are, can be pretty intense. They really believe that story and they'll show up quite frequently. And for a lot of my clients, the same core wounds will keep showing up across all different areas of your life. And then securely attached individuals tend to have less negative emotions less frequently. But there's always going to be specific situations where they might struggle with grief, hurt, fear, things like that. A lot of times, secure individuals seek relationship coaching when they're going through a breakup. And look, breakups are hard. You used to be attached to this person. And then all of a sudden, you're on your own. That I mean, that was one of the hardest things that I did in my late 20s was go through a massive breakup with someone that I had been together with for 10 years. And so a lot of my identity was built around that relationship, a lot of my um, security, a lot of my financial security. I mean, it was so much. So becoming, you know, going through the breakup and then becoming my, I was like, who am I? What am I about? So this work can be really, really helpful for people, secure, um, securely attached folks that are going through a breakup. Also, when they're dating an insecure attachment type. So if you find yourself, you're, you have secure attachment and you're dating someone with insecure attachment, it can be really confusing to understand the rules of how to fight, how they're going to show up that day, what they need because they're not necessarily the best at explaining exactly what they need and then knowing what they need. So 
there's just like, I've talked actually a lot about how to help the insecurely attached person in your life and specifically to the different um, insecure types. So I just want to share kind of a brief synopsis here, but I feel like if you are dating an insecure attachment type, whether they're anxious or if they are more dismissive avoidant, the best thing that you can do for them is show up consistently. And that can be in communication. So if you are dating someone that's um, a little bit more anxious and they tend to text you a lot, being able to just say, if you're unable to respond to them and you know they're going to keep texting you, just say, hey, I'm in a meeting for the next three hours. I will respond to you like when I get out immediately and I love you. Or if they, especially the anxious preoccupied, if they, if you're saying like, hey, I need a night alone. I just need to like reset and get ready for this work thing. And a lot of things are coming up. It says nothing to do with you. You can get ahead of it by saying like, hey, I love you. I am not leaving you. I just need a night alone because I got to work on a bunch of stuff. I need some good sleep tonight. And you know, whatever else it is that you need, like make sure to actually share that with them. And then, of course, always finish by saying, I will be available for you on Tuesday at 5 p.m. I can't wait to hang. It's going to be so special. So just trying to understand their biggest fears and get ahead of them as consistently as possible can be so incredibly helpful. And you know what? I just want to give you a lot of grace here. Like, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes in relationships. We all show up in ways that we're not proud of. We all say things that we don't mean. Like, give yourself some grace if you find like you're in a heated heated conversation and you're not loving the way that you're showing up. Like, go ahead and say that to them. Like, you know, I love you so much. I'm so I like. I'm so sorry I showed up that way. I didn't mean to. Um, I've just been like stressed with all these different things on my mind and this is not at all how I want to be showing up for you. I hope to, you know, I, I plan to do better moving forward. I think that making a commitment to like what exactly you want to work on moving forward can be so helpful. If you find yourself in a relationship with a dismissive avoidant and you find that they're often just pulling away and they need a lot of space, try to figure out how you can comfortably give them space while also having your needs met. If you know that you're going to need a, like a weekly hangout where you're actually showing each other physical affection, because that can be a high need for some and for dismissive avoidance, that might not necessarily be a high need. Ask for that. I encourage you to say like, I love you so much. I know that you need space. I'm not trying to control you. I really value the fact that we're such independent people. Even just saying those things can immediately disarm them. It's like you're already getting at their biggest fears of like, don't control me. I need to be independent. So just start by saying that and then say like, I also have a high need for um, physical affection when we are together. And I'm hoping that you know we can have a weekly scheduled hang so that I'm not wondering like when I'm going to see you again. Just some thoughts, just some sample communication scripts for you to use um, with your insecurely attached in, um, partners. And I just want to say, you know, it can be can be hard and it can also be a really beautiful thing to date someone with an insecure attachment type. It only I've heard so many people say this and I, I love this about the attachment system is that it only takes one secure person to make a secure relationship. So the more that you show up securely, the more you can help your insecure attachment type understand 
that it's safe to be in a relationship. It's safe to show up fully. It's safe to communicate boundaries and it's okay to display emotion and be able to regulate it. So you're doing us all a favor. Thank you. I know it's not easy, but we really appreciate it. (laughs) And that concludes this four-part series. This has been so fun to record. I hope you've enjoyed. If you're interested in my one-on-one coaching program, if you want to learn how to communicate boundaries, if you want to understand your unique needs and know them so unshakably, and you want to know the right way to communicate them in a very loving, supportive, while also being staying true to yourself way, I would love to work with you. You can book a free discovery call to figure to see if this program is a right fit for you. You can do that at sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And there you can just book a free call. I can't wait to hear from you. It's so fun to do these calls. Like to you can actually learn like what's possible for you. Like what is possible for you that you think that you think you want and you're not sure if you can quite have. It's really, really cool. And just so you know, usually my program runs about three months. For for some people, um, I do recommend six months just based on their um, unique attachment type. So thanks so much for listening. And I'll be back here next week. <laughs>